Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. You know, we've been going through not a series, but a statement called The Power Of. And we've gone through the power of forgiveness, the power of love a couple of times, the power of wisdom, the power of one. And I want to speak about something this morning, which probably the, the central, it's the central, centrality, centre of our faith. And that's the power of the cross. I'm listening to a lot of conversations lately, and I'm, I'm listening how the absolutes in our Christian faith are being whittled away little by little. Especially when we, we've got this computer in our pockets that tells us every thought and every imagination of man is at, our, is at our very convenience. And we sit and we listen to this thing. And we listen to what it says. And let me tell you, sometimes it does not tell us truth. But we can come back to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the cross. And do we believe that the power of the cross is where else, where else start is and it's where our finishes and it covers our whole life the cross is the foundation of our faith it is the foundation of our christian faith without the cross there would not be a christian faith without the cross we would not find freedom without the cross we would not find strength without the cross we would not find peace without the cross we would not find joy without the cross we would not have a relationship with god without the cross there would not be an intimacy in us that we have with our Saviour. And it all came because of the cross. Let us not dumb it down, the authority that comes from the cross, the strength that comes from the cross. So Jesus' death and resurrection, as I said, is the centerpiece of our faith. He did amazing things when he was down here. He healed the sick, raised the dead, set the oppressed free. Fed 5,000 people out of nothing, did amazing things, told the storms to be still, but nothing compares to the power of the cross. And so often we turn and we look towards the miracles and we look towards the other things. Can we turn our eyes to the cross this morning? It's like when you look and you get tunnel vision and you can see there's a point in the distance. Well, that's the cross. And everything comes out of the cross. Why would God have sent his very own son to die if it was not important? Why would he have ever done that if it was not the most important thing he could ever think of doing? Sending his son, his very own son, to die on a cross, a horrendous death on a cross. This should be our message. This should be our cry. The message of salvation. Let's not dumb down what happened on that cross. Can I just say it straightly, plainly? I'm going to point fingers. Jesus died for you and for you and for you and for you and he died for you and you. He died for you and he died for you and he died for you and he died for you. Individually, he just died for you. He took our place where we should have been and he died for us. If we all watch the movies and you know it's a series where the hero comes and he's He's going to save the day. 
But you know there's a series coming, so you know he's got to live and he's got to be in the next, the next series, whatever it is. He's got to be the next thing we look at. He's got to stay alive because he's got the next one and the next one and the next one. And somehow this guy never dies. Or sometimes we get to the end and he dies for the sake of someone else. But our Christian faith goes a bit further than that. That this man, this hero that came, didn't just save the day and then save the day and save the day. And he does not come and just die. And that was it, he saved so someone could live. Because our Savior went a step further. And he was the hero because he came and he did all these amazing things. Then he came and he died for you and for me, just like the hero in the stories. But with our Savior, it was not the end of the story. Because we all know the power of the cross came. And three days later after that cross, he rose and was resurrected again. And that is the story of our lives. And this cross that we come to, this cross of a connection point between God and man, as his arms were stretched out on the cross, can you imagine one hand was grasping God and the other hand was grasping us? As he died on that cross, the central point was him. And he paid the price for us. That that blood that dripped and, and drenched the ground was the blood that we should have been shedding. And yet because he grabbed hold of us and that blood that was shed, he pulled us together so we can have a close relationship with, with our God yet again. I was going to say, what would happen if, if you won and won a million dollars, but a million dollars isn't much nowadays. What would happen if you got a phone call to say that you won a hundred million dollars? What would your response be to a hundred million dollars? What would it be if, if you'd been to every doctor and every doctor you spoke to gave you a death sentence? Every doctor you spoke to said there is no hope. And you left and those words were hanging over you. And all of a sudden, Jesus turns up. And he touches your body and you're healed instantly. What a difference that would make in our lives. Well, that is the thing that Jesus did on the cross. And it wasn't just a one-off statement. This power of the cross just wasn't one thing that happened and then all of a sudden it was over and done with, which it was, let me tell you. But it goes forward through history and it touches our bodies, it touches our minds and it touches our lives because this cross was so powerful. So this morning, each and every one of you have just won $100 million. Each one of you has been saved from a death sentence. And you get to live eternally with our Savior. That is the power of the cross. Let's not dumb it down what happened. Let's not let these things come in our lives that pull our relationship away from the cross. Let's live our lives as if we want to stand before this cross, the central point of our lives, the whole time we're alive. This is a symbol of hope. Such a terrible way of dying. God chooses to send his son at that time to the center of the known world, the, the place where this gospel can be spread out to the world. Exactly the right time. And he sends his perfect son to be put in the hands of men instead of the hands of God. And men do the worst. They decide to crucify our Savior by the very worst way imaginable that they could. 
They studied it. They, they, they worked out this was the worst way to die, and so they hung him on the cross for us. You know, this cross, the symbol of so much pain, the symbol of so much scandal and, and hurt, has now become the very symbol of hope for us. God flipped everything on its head. The worst that man could do turned out to be the best that God could do. This moment in time when the cross happened, it changed our very system of measurement of time from before Christ to after Christ. It's the dividing line in the very, in the very timeline that we, we observe. It divided between trying to be, follow laws and trying to be good enough to be living under grace. It changed the way that God was looked at. God went from being held in an ark that man made, by the way, where his presence sat in an ark and it carried the very presence of God and we could see this ark, to a temple where a temple was held behind curtains. And God was supposedly in this temple that you'd come to and you'd offer sacrifice in this temple. When the cross came and it divided from the place where God was held in places where man could not quite often get into to the place where God's very spirit was in us and we became the temples. A dividing line where man made temples to a dividing line where God made temples and it was us which was, very, was supposed to happen from the very beginning. As Jesus hung on the cross, there was a criminal on either side of him. And one criminal could only think about himself and said, will you save yourself, Jesus? He recognized who Jesus was, but he said, will you save yourself, Jesus, and will you save me as well? And really all he wanted to do was get off that cross. Whereas a criminal on the other side recognized who Jesus was and said, God, I deserve everything I get, I've got." but I recognize who you are. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Jesus speaks these words from him and says, this very day you're going to see me in paradise. Can I tell you, when you come to the foot of the cross, we are in that same position. We are with him. Our, our new life starts from that moment. And the transition from when we take the last breath here on earth to when we meet him in heaven, we are with him and he is with us. And one day we're going to see him face to face. Peter, before the cross, denied Jesus three times. After the cross, he was the rock. Nicodemus, the high priest, served Jesus in private, too scared to, to, to say it because of what was going to happen to him. After the cross, the one that goes to the authorities and asks for the body of Jesus and takes him to the tomb, willing to give it all, willing to, to lose a lot because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. The disciples followed Jesus before the cross. For a short period of time, they didn't. Before the cross, they followed. After the cross, they led. A divine shift, a change. So what happens to us when we have an appointment with the cross? What is the change in our lives? What happens to us when we come and we bow before the cross and allow his blood to wash us clean? What is the change for us? 
Have you heard this, the scandal theories? People say he didn't die. People says he went and married again and had children and went to America. Don't ask me how he got there, but he got there somehow. All these theories are out there. But let me tell you, the soldiers thought he was dead when he died on the cross. Pilate checked he was dead just to make sure he was dead on the cross. The disciples thought he was dead. Josephus, Lucian and Tacticus, the historians of the day, said he was dead. The soldiers guarded the tomb. They knew he was dead. Can you imagine their shock and horror as they've, they've been told to guard this tomb with their lives? Four to 16 soldiers. And all of a sudden they find that this rock that should not be rolled has been rolled away. 500 people saw him in one sitting after, the, after he was raised from the dead and many others. The dividing line, this, this is truth. Can we set it in our hearts? Not just as something that we believe by vain hope, but this is truth that Jesus came, he lived on this earth, he died on the cross and he rose again for us. The woman came and saw him first. That would not have been the thing to do in the day because women didn't have many rights in the day. These Galilean peasants upset the Jewish church of the day. These 12 men who didn't know too much disrupted all the authorities and all the, all the people who knew all the theories about how to get to God. They disrupted the lot. Within 50 years, the Roman Empire was changed because of the, what Jesus did on the cross. And then a few years later, the known world was changed. They went to India. They went to Asia, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ because of the cross. And the apostles were so willing to die because of the power and the authority of the cross and that experienced the love of Jesus and what he did on that cross for us. This cross is the center of scripture. It changes everything. It's funny, I'm about to blow my nose. And uh, I went to blow my nose this morning and uh, I went to blow on this handkerchief and I haven't worn these pants for years. And I pull out my handkerchief and it's got written on the fr front of it. And who, 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 took, who, took, who got this for me? I can't remember who got it for me. But it's, you know, uh, how after Jesus died on the cross... That's right, before he died on the cross. And the people who couldn't get to Jesus, they took articles of clothing and Jesus would pray over the articles of clothing and they'd touch the people with the articles of clothing and they'd be healed. So I thought, I'm going to get my article of clothing. And, and it, it's, it's not from Jesus. wish it was, <laughs> but it's not from Jesus. But I got written on this handkerchief, Bethel, Bill Johnston. And, and when... When someone was going there, I thought, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. I can't get there. But I want, to, I want him to pray for something for me. And I, and I keep it in my back pocket. <laughs> it's probably not a good place to keep Bill Johnson in the back pocket. But, you know, I, I don't know how I got there. I've gone way off subject here. But the power of the cross didn't just die at the cross. That same power can be carried in a handkerchief. 
that same power can be carried by your hands. It can be same, same power can be carried by the breath that comes out of you if, if you believe in this cross and you step out by faith. I'll leave that there. This is our only hope. Let's not dumb it down this morning. I'm going to read a scripture, and I've got to read a scripture from Hebrews 10, verses 10 to 9. Hopefully it's up there. Thanks, Matthew. Michael. And it says, And by that we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. For day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered, and he's talking about Jesus, but when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And, and since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Let me tell you, his enemies are already broken. But he's waiting for his enemies to become his footstool. And let me tell you, we can be the opponents of change in that. We can be the ones that make his enemies his footstool as we allow Jesus to walk through us. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this, for he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts, and I'll write them on their minds. And he adds, Their sins and their lawless acts I'll remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, it's all through the blood of Jesus. We don't have to come back to a temple once a year and, and offer some sacrifices to be made holy. It was paid for once and for all by the blood of Jesus. Can we not go back to the cross, even though we need to go back to the cross every now and then to remind ourselves of who we are? But if we do, can we, can we come there and repent for what we have done? When we've done something that's wrong, can we come back to the cross and ask for repentance? Can we ask that their blood that was shed, even though it had to be shed once, we're not going to re-crucify them. But can we come and say we're sorry? This relationship we have with Jesus is the most important relationship we can ever have. And what happens when we have distance and we don't come before him? The relationship gradually it's less and less and less. Can we come and spend time at the foot of the cross? Spend time with our Savior, because this hope is the center of the story of the Bible. It started in Genesis 3, where it says that the enemy is going to bruise his heel, but Jesus is going to crush his head. Can you imagine a wrestling match or a boxing match where you've got a featherweight and you've got a heavyweight? And this featherweight is, is coming out there and throwing these little punches and it's not even affecting the, the heavyweight. 
And then the heavyweight comes in and with one sucker punch takes the other guy out. Well, that heavyweight is Jesus. And that's what he did on the cross. With one punch, he dealt that blow and sent him to the canvas, never to get up again. Did you know that Satan is like a, he's running around, and sorry if, if you guys don't like hurting animals, but when you cut a chicken's head off, <laughs> sorry, Wendy, when it's old and retired and it, it's, it doesn't just sit there, it runs. It runs around. And can you imagine that our enemy has had his head cut off and all he's doing is running around like that chook, running around and running around and running around. And let's not listen to him because the power of the cross has already cut his head off and he's already lost his authority. Let's not listen to that chook that runs around. Let's not be the chooks that listen to that chook. It's the center of the Bible story. It redefines power in the Bible. You know, even Paul, he says, For I've decided to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The man who knew everything, the Pharisee of Pharisees, and here he is saying, I know nothing except Jesus Christ crucified. It redefines power in the Bible. Power came from lording over, from winning battles, and Jesus comes humbly and offers himself as a sacrifice for us. And out of that sacrifice, the biggest victory ever won in history came out. For therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. You know, this cross inaugurates a new covenant, not from law but for grace. It was spoken about 600 years before from the prophet Jeremiah. And it says, this is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. And by the way, this is us. After that time declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. He's called you his people because of what Jesus did on the cross. The cross conquered the law of sin and death. Oh, death, where is your victory? For death is swallowed up in victory on the cross. For when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Every accusation that the enemy has against you, when he comes and he accuses you and he reminds you of the past, can you remind him that everything that has stood against us has been taken away and it is nailed to the cross? And can you remind yourself that it has been nailed to the cross? It has been nailed to the cross. And we don't have to suffer that anymore. 
Can you imagine yourself this morning and those things are saying to you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Can you imagine that at the cross, Jesus is looking down, upon, looking down at you and you're taking those things and you're, you're putting it to the cross and it is getting washed away in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered any again as far as he's concerned. Will you allow your thoughts to line up with that and say, God, it has been taken away, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has, rescued, has ransomed me. The price has been paid. I don't have to suffer that any longer because I've been set free by the blood of the cross and what Jesus did for me. It has been nailed to the cross. The cross brings peace. It brings reconciliation. It brings unity. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, when Jesus died on that cross, he said this word, and it's called tetelestai. I hope I'm saying it right. Wendy, am I saying it right? <laughs> Maybe not. But it means it is finished. Let's not go back and revisit the old stuff because it is finished. Jesus did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. If we'd looked at the devil, he probably would have been finally saying, oh no, I'm finished. So Jesus said, it's, the finish. He's, it's finished. Ted Lestai. A servant would say this. After he finished a task, he would come into his to his master of the day and say, Ted Lestai, to say that it's, it is finished, my, my jobs are complete, I've finished the task that I've been assigned to. A judge would use this word, Ted Lestai, as he banged the gavel down, gavel, gavel down after someone had served their term and they'd been set free. He would say, you've been set free, and he would bang the gavel down and say, Ted Lestai, you've been set free. Accountants would use this term. When you paid back all the debt and everything that was owed, he would get, they would say, Ted Lestai, the debt has been paid in full. When painters of the day, the masters of the day who painted grand, grand paintings, when they said they paid their last stroke on the canvas and it was finished, they would say, Ted Lestai, it is finished. The priests would use this term. After they made the sacrifice for, for the sins in the temple, and they'd say, it is finished, Ted Lestai. And Jesus comes and he says this word over all humanity. It is finished, Ted Lestai. It is finished. Let's not go back there again. Let's say, it is finished, Ted Lestai, because God finished it for us. It was the promise of God. Ted Lestai, he speaks and he says, Ted Lestai over all the promises of God, because they were all finished in Jesus. Over 380 prom promises were predicted. Jesus even said, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of the Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. And he, he comes to the cross and he says, Tetelestai, every promise that was spoken about has been done. It is completed. It is finished. He satisfied what God's judgment required over our lives. And he speaks it over us this morning. It is finished. The judgment that we should have suffered, Tetelestai, it is finished. It is gone this morning. We've been set free. You know, there were three types of law. There was the legal law. There was the ceremonial law. There was the moral laws. 
the legal laws still stand. Our moral laws still stand. But the ceremonial laws that held us under oppression and held us down that we had to come to the to God once a year and give our sacrifices. We had to continually do things to earn, us, earn our freedom. Tetelestai, that is all finished. We don't have to go there any longer because our freedom has been paid in full once and for all. After a battle, and there were bodies scattered everywhere, and the victory had been won. The commander of the, the victorious army would stand up and he'd say, Tetelestai, it is finished, we've won. Jesus did the same thing on the cross. The battle has been won. Tetelestai, it is finished. He paid our debts. The battle cry has been spoken about. Tetelestai, he destroys the power that controls me. Did you know that the control has been broken over you? The only thing that can come and control us now is what we allow and we ask into our lives. But Tetelestai, as far as Jesus is concerned, it is finished. It has been paid for. It is done. I wonder what the enemy thinks, how he's on borrowed time. When the God of heaven and earth said it is finished, and he knew he was finished. Can we not listen to that any longer? Can we take up our authority? Can we take up the strength? Can we take up the joy? Can we take up the peace? Can we take up everything that is offered us to, to us? And can we go out and can we win this world for Jesus? He gave it all for us. He died on the cross for us. As I said in the beginning, there was a change on the cross and it changed people's lives. There was a change before the two criminals, either side. One chose life, one chose death. What is the change that happens to us when we come to the cross? There is, even if you don't feel it, there is a change in your life. There is a change that happened. And out of that change, we should be different people because we've come to the cross. You know, it's never too late. This cross will never lose its power. And can I ask us this morning, if we've dumbed down this cross and its authority it has in its lives, can we make a firm decision this morning that I'm going to take up my cross because I'm going to worship, not worship, but I'm going to worship Jesus, the one who died on the cross for me today. We cannot do anything for the kingdom except through the blood of Jesus and what was offered on that cross. This is our living hope. Can I ask you, have you been to the cross? Can I also ask you something simple? Have we been, not so much to the cross, but to Jesus last week, and maybe to the cross last week? Or maybe we spend every moment of our lives that we weren't working for work and getting paid for work, we spend it all on Netflix, spend all that time on Netflix. Maybe we spend all our time doing something that we wanted to, but have we come to the cross? Have we died to ourselves and we willing to pick up our new life in Jesus because of the cross? And have we chosen to step into all that he has for us? 
This is the greatest story ever told. The greatest power known. Jesus' blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. His body was broken so we didn't have to be broken any longer. And we have an advocate who knows our thoughts, our emotions, our struggles. He's been there and he's died on the cross for us so we don't have to go through that because he knows who we are. He knows what we're going through. He knows our pain and he can strengthen us. The pain might not go straight away but he can give us strength to walk through the pain just as he did. He can turn your fear into faith. He can turn your sorrow into joy. Let me tell you, he can turn your sorrow into joy. He can turn your pain into freedom. That is the power of the cross. Let me just tell you the power of the cross, but also the power of a resurrected Savior. The ones that sits at the right hand of the Father continually making intercession for us. That is the Jesus I serve. That is the God I serve. He's given us a future and a hope. For John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered the critics of the day, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 8, 36 it says, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, can I say this to all of you this morning? If anyone is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Can we all stand this morning? Can we all stand? Can we just close our eyes just for a minute? And I'm going to say that last scripture one more time. God... As, I, as I'm saying these words, I ask, Lord, that you anoint these words. Anoint them to go into people's ears, Lord, to open their ears to you. Let these words come, Lord, and touch minds, Lord, that have been self-condemning. Let them touch the minds, Lord, that are full of the stress of the hour and the stress of the week and the day. Let these words go and, and touch them, Lord, we pray. I pray these words would go and touch physical bodies, Lord, as these words, your words that you spoke in the Bible would come out and touch people's lives, Lord, this morning. I pray that it would touch our hearts and melt our hearts this morning. Let us realize who we are in you. For therefore, if anyone, and that means everyone in this congregation is in Christ, you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God, Lord, I pray for all of us today. God, we would not dumb down this cross. We would not sear our consciences. We would not lose its authority. But God, we would take up the cross and walk out with the authority that you have given us, Lord God. Because, Lord God, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So, God, Lord, I pray for every person here. In fact, before I do that, is there anyone here who would like to realize, would real, realize in this moment 
that they have to come to the, the cross first to have a true relationship with Jesus and God. That you have to come to the cross, ask forgiveness for sins, allow His blood to wash you clean. Is there anyone here who would like to do that this morning? Maybe you've done it before. Maybe you think you need to do it again. Anybody here at all? Anybody? Thank you. Anybody? Thank you. Lord, in this moment, I pray that you give revelation, revelation to us all. I pray that it would burn into our minds, into our hearts, Lord, the revelation of what you did for us on that cross. Let it dog us, Lord God. Let it not leave us, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, that we recognize the love that you showed for us, Lord. As they took out your arms one by one, Lord, and they nailed that cross. And as you were hung for us, willingly, Lord God, you died for us. That God, we might take up our cross and run for you. That God, we might not forget the blessings that we have, Lord, to have a relationship with you. And God, let us be willing, Lord, to, to give away some of our needs and some of our wants, Lord, so we can serve you knowing that you're going to look after us because the cross changed everything. The cross changed everything. Through the cross, Lord, we make the choice, Lord, to walk into resurrection life this morning because the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and lives in me. God, Lord, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit this morning. Let it come as tongues of fire and let it rest upon heads this morning. Oh, let the weight of your glory come upon our shoulders, Lord, as we're sitting in this auditorium this morning, Lord, I pray. Let us feel the weight of heaven upon us, Lord God. Not as if it's a heavy thing, Lord God, but it's something that's light, something that's willing, we're willing to carry, Lord, for you. Let the peace that goes beyond understanding gird our hearts and minds. Let the truth of our salvation rest upon us, Lord God. Let our words be spoke as we speak them, Lord, with peace and love, Lord God. Let our hands be full of your spirit that whatever it touches, Lord, we'll be blessed because we've come to the cross, Lord, been washed clean by your blood. And now we carry the very presence of heaven in our bodies, Lord. Let us be your disciples. Let us never forget what it meant, Lord, when you died on the cross for us. And God, the freedom that it gives us, the freedom to be better mothers and fathers, to be better children, to be better workers. And more than that, Lord God, that we'd be the carriers of the miraculous wherever we go. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, we stand before you this morning. We stand before you this morning. worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. We honor you.
Jesus.